you guys today. I know it's been a little bit since I've spoke to you, so I'm excited to be with you here today. I'm excited to share with you as we wrap up this series on plot twists. As we kick this off, though, kick it off. Nick, um, I'm going to turn that down some. I got it real quick. Okay. I'm going to ask a question. What is a plot twist? What is a plot twist? Anybody in the room, shout it out as loud as you can. Go ahead. That's absolutely correct, right, Philip? An unexpected development in a book, a film, or a television program is a plot twist, okay? How many of you guys, once again, let's find out, how many guys like to read in the room? How many readers do we have in the room? Perfect. How many people like to do the opposite of reading and you like to watch what you're supposed to be reading? How many of you guys just spend all your time on your cellular device and doing whatever you want to do that way? Cool. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, it's all good. We know that's part of it. And so today what I want to do is I want to dive in to this lesson. And I want you to think about something because um, I had Nick play that game with you guys for a specific reason. And the specific reason is this. Have you ever messed up really, really, really big? Like think about it just for a second. Don't, don't say what you did, but think about in your life, has there ever been a moment where you've messed up and you felt like there's no chance that you can come back from whatever this mistake was? Does almost everybody have something like that? Does almost everybody have something where, where you're kind of like, I, I just don't I, don't, I don't think I can come back from this. I don't think that there's any chance that we can. So today what I want to do is I want to dive into what does that look like? What does that look like? So what we've been doing is we've been diving into um, Jesus' death on the cross over the past few weeks. We've been diving into what does it look like for us as Christians to know a little bit about this, but also for, for Jesus to do this big surprise, right? We talked about the very first week where Jesus came riding in on a donkey into town, and everybody was like, hey, what's going on here, right? Like, like Hosanna, welcome. This is the next king. We're excited about this. And then all of a sudden, they turned on him. They said, crucify him, crucify him, betray him, kill him. Get him out of here. We don't want him here anymore. And then last week, Nick talked to you guys about the resurrection, about how the people, they, they found that his body wasn't there anymore. And this was a huge deal. And so today, we're going to talk about Jesus and Peter and Jesus fixing Peter. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like. But first, before we get there, I want to give you guys something to think about. I want you to think about this. And I want you to give me a score of one to five about how embarrassing what I say would be if it happened to you. Okay, so one being the least embarrassing, five being like the most embarrassing thing ever. Okay, everybody good? I know it's Sunday morning, it's early, but I think we can do this. All right, first thing, okay? You finally get the courage to text your crush and they leave you on red. All right? Is that a one, a two, a three, or four, or five, okay? I'm seeing a few fives in the room. <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. I thought it might get you talking a little bit. I love it. I love it. Anybody willing to say this happened to them in their life, huh? Oh, there we go. A couple of people in the room. I am so sorry. That's a little bit um, embarrassing, right? I mean, that's all it is, right? Okay, okay. Before I get to the next question, let me ask you another question. Any of you guys embarrassed really easy? Like, where are the people who embarrass really easy at? 
Okay, I won't call on you today, okay, cool. I, 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 I'm not that guy, but when I was in middle school, man, I was like the most embarrassed kid ever. Now, like, hardly anything embarrasses me, so that, it's all good. Okay, next one. <clears throat> you show up to school and realize you're wearing the same outfit as your best friend. One to five. All right, how embarrassing is that? All right, like if you show up and you're wearing the best, same outfit as your best. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> well, technically y'all have to wear the same thing as your best friend, so I just say, but like, okay. So let's take out all the people who have to wear uniforms to school, okay? Let's, let's take those people out real quick. How many of you guys, let me look at the guys first. Guys, do you care about this if you and your best friend? Not at all. Watch this though, watch this. Girls, do you care about this? What? What's it's win? That's awesome. I love it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That's so good. Okay, okay. Perfect. I love it. Okay, next one. In case you haven't noticed, I am putting funny things up behind me too. Um, you try to text your friend about a friend who annoyed you, but you have to get bitly text that friend instead. <laughs> is that a five, a one, a three? What is that? <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, let's be honest. Honesty time in the room. How many of you guys have done this before? Has anybody ever texted the person you were trying to talk about? How awkward is that? It's the worst, right? Oh, it's so terrible. And I'm pretty sure you make that exact face when that happens, right? That's, I love it, I love it. Okay, two more, two more, two more. And then we'll, we'll really, really get diving in here, okay? How embarrassing is it when you get caught Passing gas. Let's be honest for a second. Anybody, you ever got called passing gas? Like, it's always the worst moment. Right? Everyone does it. <laughs> all right. I love it. So some of the girls like, five, five. And then he's like, one. It's not embarrassing at all. Right? <laughs> it just depends on where you are, I think. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. It's a real question. Let's dive in. Is this why you guys are separated right now? So guys can do it on their side and girls can do it on their, their side? Uh, sorry, okay. Last one of the day, last one of the day. You realize you've had food in your teeth for at least three classes. Oh, I heard that. That's some people, ooh, that's a tough one. All right, that's a four for some. It's a four. You ever got caught with food in your teeth? It's not one of those things like I care about too much, but... I guess a little bit, right? Three? Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Hey, thank you guys. So, so good. All right. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to start doing this a little bit more with you guys. I'm going to say, are you with me? And if you're with me, I want you to say I'm with you, okay? So here we go. Are you with me? Perfect. That's really good. That's really good. So I want to tell you a time about, um, yeah, we talked about this. We're diving into this a little bit. I want you to, to have a little fun in here this morning. I want you to kind of think about a time maybe you've messed up in life. And I was thinking about this. And, you know, all of us mess up, right? But sometimes our mess ups are bigger than other mess ups, right? Like, and sometimes, like, there's consequences, right? Like, how many of you guys, without talking or without saying, like, there's certain things you're willing to do. You know you're going to get in trouble for it, but the trouble, the consequence is worth the punishment. You know what I'm saying? How many of you guys are willing to say, yeah, I, I've done that before in my life? No one. 
Okay, cool, 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 cool. Nobody ever does that. Hey, Levi, you're a liar because you tell me you do this each week, okay? So that's really cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, but seriously. All right, let me tell you about a time I did this, okay? So um, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm Mike. I'm the student pastor here. I've been here for almost four years now. Um, when I graduated college, I went to South Dakota for a summer. And I went and I spent time just trying to love people and point them to Jesus. I was also the director of this ministry called Summershine during this time. And um, I had a team that came with me. And, and on that team, well, we got to do some really cool things in our off time. In the off time, we'd go hang out at Mount Rushmore. We'd go um, cliff diving. If you don't know what cliff diving is, look, look it up when you get home and, and you'll see how awesome and stuff that is. One of the first weeks when we got to South Dakota, we went on this trail hike to take us underneath where Mount Rushmore sits. It's a really cool hike. Um, Mount Rushmore sits right on top of you. Now you're on federal land, and, and as long as you stay on the trail, you're not in trouble, okay? How many of you guys have issue with signs telling you what to do, all right? How many of you guys just have issues with people telling you what to do? Cool. It's all good, all right? So I'm... 21 at the time. I'm, I'm not real old. And there's this sign. As a matter of fact, the sign is right here. Okay, this is a young Mike, okay? And I don't know why I'm making that face, but apparently I thought it was fun. So I'm young. I'm hanging out. Uh, my wife is like, I've never seen that picture of you in your life. So I'm there. Think, hey, thanks, Camden. I'm right here. I'll, yep, that's a good one. I know. It's good. It's good. It's all right. You take pictures of it. It's fine. Okay. So we're on this trail, and of course, there's this sign. And I mean, clearly, you can see that this sign is there. And, and let me be honest, like, why is this sign there? I don't know. You know, just because the U.S. thinks they can take over everything and tell us where and where not to go, I'm not cool with that. And I want to have a good time. So I've had my team of 10 people with me, and I say, hey, it'd be awesome if I ran up and got behind this sign and just made a stupid face, that's what I'm doing here, right? It was really awesome until the park ranger showed up. And he goes, sir, can you not read? And at that moment, guys, you know that embarrassing factor? Like, like what do you do when you're embarrassed? Guys, as the, I, I, <laughs> as the guy who's supposed to be in charge of all these other college-age kids, at this moment, I've got to decide what to do. And do you know what I did? I reverted back to when I was in sixth grade, man. I just, I just started sweating a lot. And, 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 and I just started, like, just laughing. And at this moment, this ranger's not getting any happier with me, right? And, and like, like, I'm telling you, like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I've got these people I'm supposed to be leading, and I'm caught in the act. And he goes, do you understand that I can take you to jail for this? <laughs> the worst thing I've ever said, okay? The worst thing I've ever said. I said, really? You're going to take me to jail for standing behind a sign, sir? He goes, yes, I can do that. I said, there's nothing better with you could be doing with your time right now than to be messing with me. I understand. I'm guilty. You're right. If you know me, that's who I am. I'm going to argue some stuff, right? At this moment, he looks at me and says, sir, do you have anything else you'd like to say? I took a deep breath, and I said, I'm sorry. Please don't take me to jail. 
right? <laughs> I'm not kidding, okay? I didn't want to go to jail. This wasn't one of those moments. Like, I never, like, wanted this. And, like, you know, seriously, like, we probably shouldn't have this picture, and it definitely shouldn't be out on social media, but it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, my goodness, like, why? Right? Like, like, to me, this wasn't such a big deal. But, like, to him, like, dude, I just, like, basically stole the Declaration of Independence, right? Like, he took his job pretty serious. And, I mean, like, we need people to take their job seriously. But sometimes, sometimes we get in so much trouble that we don't know how to fix the issue that's happened. Right? You ever been there? You ever been at a spot where you messed up? Let's be honest. You did it. You got caught, and now you have to own up to it, or now you have to face the consequences, and, and you don't know exactly how to make this work. You don't know what to do because, I mean, let's be honest, like, you did it, but you don't know what to do next. That's where Peter finds himself. That's where Peter finds himself. And so if there's a main point, if there's something I want to drive home today to you guys, this is it right here. When we mess up, Jesus gives us another chance. Okay? When you mess up, let's be honest, every single one of us, we're going to mess up when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. We need to realize that Jesus gives us another chance. So let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about this guy who, who really, like, he's like kind of, you know, like, he's kind of a big deal in Scripture, right? He's considered one of Jesus' favorite disciples. The guy who wrote the book that we've been reading, John, is considered the disciple whom Jesus loved. But Peter would be considered kind of Jesus' best friend. And, and so um, I love Peter, and Peter reminds me a lot of myself, right? Like, he's kind of just, he's loud. He gets in trouble. He does the first thing that pops into his mind, and he doesn't think twice about it. How many of you guys, you kind of do the same thing? Like, you just don't think about it. You just do it, right? Like, most of our middle school boys. Yeah, that's right. All right. I figured that would be it. Middle and high school guys. All right, some of the girls. Okay. So, so Peter, at this point in his life, Peter was in potentially in some financial trouble. Peter had decided that he was going to follow Jesus, and, and he was just going to go on the road. Wherever Jesus went, he was going to spend time with him. And so he got to do some really cool stuff. Hey, tell me, who knows something Peter did that was really cool? Anybody? Hey, there we go. He walked on the water, okay? Not a bottle, okay? That would be less impressive. He walked on water, right? He, he chopped a guy's ear off. I mean, you know, there's several things happen here. So right before Jesus goes to die, right before we get to where we started off this series, we see Peter's hanging out with Jesus, and he's hanging out towards this Last Supper thing. And Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, hey, dude, um, I'm going to die. And when I die, you can't follow me. And as a matter of fact, when I go to die, you're actually going to deny me three times that you know me. Peter, being the cool guy he is, he says, dude, no chance, man. You're my guy, Jesus. No chance this is going to happen. But all of a sudden, Jesus gets arrested. All of a sudden, Peter runs away. But it says that he follows closely, and Peter stands by this fire, and, he, and he's standing over there. He's trying to get warm, and he's trying to just 
figure out everything that's happening and everything that's going on in his head in this moment. He's kind of like, what do I do next, right? And then this, this servant girl starts saying, hey, you're with him. You're with that Jesus guy. And Peter's like, no, I'm not with him. I don't know him, right? But no, then she, she says it again. Hey, hey you're, you're with that Jesus dude, right? Like, like you, yeah, I recognize your accent. Like, yeah, you were definitely with him. And then all of a sudden, Peter starts saying some words that I'm not allowed to say right now. He's like, bruh, 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 bruh. no, I wasn't, right? And then all of a sudden, this rooster starts crowing. And Jesus had told him, hey, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. So all of a sudden, this Peter guy who was Jesus' best friend is now denied him three times. And now his guy is on a cross and he's dying. This was supposed to be his best friend. This was supposed to be who, who he was going to do life with, right? I mean, rumor was that Jesus was going to be king. And so let me think about this just for a second. If you're best friends with the king, what does that mean for you? You can do whatever you want, right? He's got my back. He can make that face behind the sign. Nobody's going to get him in trouble, right? But think about it just for a second. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter did exactly what Jesus said he was going to do, and Jesus died. Jesus died, guys. I, I mean, this was a big deal, right? I mean, at this moment, like, like Peter could have done something else, but no. It was done, right? All of a sudden, Peter, as we found out last week, he, he ran to the tomb. He found out Jesus isn't dead anymore. Jesus is alive. I want you to think back to what I told you at the beginning. I want you to think about that moment where you got caught in a big big decision that you messed up. And one of those moments, you're like your most embarrassing moment and, and possibly like your hardest moment, like that's where Peter is. The king, the, the, the God of this universe, he had died, but he had come back to life and Peter had denied him. And Peter hadn't said anything to Jesus about this yet. Jesus has shown up a couple of times. As a matter of fact, let's see it. John chapter number 21. If you have a Bible, I'm going to encourage you to turn there with me, and we're going to talk about this. All right, John chapter number 21, it says this starting in verse number 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in, um, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. <clears throat> we'll come too, they said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Just a quick stop right there, okay? So it says, it tells us that Jesus appeared. There's a, there's a key word there that I want you to see. What, what is that next word? Anybody? Jesus appeared Again, okay, what would again mean? It would mean that Jesus had shown up previously, right? It would mean that, that, that Jesus had come to the disciples before. Let's think about this just for a second again. When you got caught, 
doing whatever it was that you were doing. And you know that your parents know, or you know that the teacher knows, or you know that the principal knows. If they show up and they don't address the situation, how are you feeling? Let's be honest, man. I mean, you guys are middle schoolers, you're high schoolers, right? Parents, think back to when you were kids. Man, may, may, I, I don't know, right? Like, like I don't want to get in trouble for this. I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to have to talk about this anymore. I just want it to be done. And so Jesus has shown up before, and now Peter's like, okay, well, Jesus didn't talk to me about what happened, so let me just go back to living life the way I was. Because apparently, I don't know, maybe Jesus doesn't want me to be with him anymore. Maybe Jesus didn't mean what he said about me being the, 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 the church starter, me being the rock that he would build his church on. Maybe he just didn't, he, he, he said, forget that. I messed up, so let me just go back to what I do best. I'm going fishing, okay? There's a word that if you've been around, if you've hung out with me, you know that the way I like to break down Scripture when I read it is just giving you just key words. And, and the word that I thought for this portion of Scripture is just wandering, right? It's wandering. It's, hey, I, I, I had a purpose, for three years, I got to be Jesus' best friend. For three years, I got to spend all the time with him. He told me I was going to start the church. He told me the gates of hell aren't going to prevail because of me. But now, I don't know what to do. But now, how? Let's keep going. <clears throat> At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net to the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. Now, just for a second, let's take a quick break. Anybody like to fish in here? Cool. I, I like to fish. It's one of my favorites, right? Anybody likes to fish and you've been a part of that skunk thing where you didn't catch any fish the day where you went fishing? Everyone who's ever went fishing has this moment, right? Like, it's terrible, right? Let me just give you something to think about just for a second. I want you to imagine you went fishing. You've been out there for three hours. You've caught absolutely nothing. It's hot. You haven't gotten in the water. You're just sweating. You're mad because you broke your pole off a few times on uh, tree stubs and stuff like that. You haven't caught a thing. I want you to imagine just for a second, I show up. I look at you and I say, hey, Camden, throw your pole over to the right and you'll catch a fish. What are you going to think? Are you serious? I've been doing this for three hours. It says they have been doing it all night long. Have you caught any fish? No. Peter wasn't very good at his job, it doesn't look like. He says, throw your net out on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, 
It's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped it for work. He jumped into the water, and he headed to shore. He got excited, guys. He said, hey, this is Jesus. I, I got to get up there. I got to see what's happening. There's a miracle going on here. Check out verse number 8. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. And when they got there, they found that breakfast was waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Hmm. This moment for Peter, he knows it's Jesus, and Jesus knows where they are. This moment for Peter, uh, we see something happen in him at, at this moment that we don't see in other parts of the, the story so far. We see that he, he, he goes back to who Peter really is. He jumps out of the boat, and it says he, he gets to the shore. It says he gets up there, right? In my opinion, this is just me, I think he's hopeful in this moment, right? I think he's saying, hey, hey maybe there's a chance. Maybe he's going to do something special. I mean, he just did this miracle again with these fish. Like, 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 something's going on here. So he's got some hope inside of him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't like eating fish for breakfast. But, I mean, like, these guys were ready to spend some time with the God whom they knew. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared ask him, who you are, Lord, or who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Think about it just for a second. Three times. This is the third time since Jesus had been raised from the dead that he's now with his disciples again. The third time. And if Jesus hasn't said something, let me be honest. Let, let's have a show of hands. If your parents haven't addressed the situation with you by the third time, how many of you guys feel like it's done? How many of you guys feel like, well, hopefully I'm going to get away with this? Or how many of you guys are like, dude, that punishment is still coming, and I just, I don't know what to do. How many of you guys have no idea what you're thinking? Perfect. Okay. See, I think Peter in this moment has got to be thinking, Jesus, I know you know. Jesus, what, what's happening here? Like, like what's going to be this case, right? Remember who's writing this story. Remember who's telling this because they saw it firsthand. It's the disciple John. He's writing this. He's considered the one whom Jesus loved, right? He's also really good friends with Peter. So he knows what's happening with Peter at this moment. See, I think there was some shame going on with Peter in this moment. This is the third time that Jesus has shown up. This is the third time that, that, that Jesus hasn't addressed the situation yet. It was one of the last things Jesus addressed before he died. After breakfast... Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, now just for a moment, I want you to tell me your whole name. Everybody shout out your whole name right now. Come on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, not a lot of people get to know this. My whole name is Michael Gene Aldridge. 
okay? Michael G. Aldridge. It's not like, you know, like it's not embarrassing to me or anything like that. I just don't tell people my whole name, right? What is your whole name? Shout it out. When your parents use your whole name, how do you feel? Exactly, right? I'm in trouble. There's something about to happen, and I'm not going to like the consequence of what's about to happen. Let's look back at verse 15 one more time. <laughs> Jesus says, Simon, son of John. Jesus done brought his daddy into the conversation, y'all. It's about to get real. Jesus is about to have a conversation. How many of you guys would like to have that happen? Cooper, son of Ralph? Mm -hmm. no, hey, please, please. I, I'm good, right? I'm good. No. Mason, son of Tony? Mm -mm. Hey, you know something's about to go on, right? You guys know something's about to happen in here. Do you love me more than these? Now, now let's be honest, just for a second. At that moment when he says, Simon, son of John, Peter's eyes get really big, right? He's listening. He's intense. He's like, oh, my goodness, this is the moment. This is where it's going to happen. This is where it's going to be just the punishment is coming down right now. Do you love me more than these? Gotta be a trick question. Gotta be a trick question. I know the answer. It's one, either yes or no. It's either yes or no. Um, it's Jesus, and I love him. I think I love him more than John does. So, yes, Lord, Peter replied, You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Okay, just for a minute. If Jesus told you that, after you had messed up, and you were looking directly at Jesus, and there weren't any lambs around him, would you be confused? I would, right? I really would. Feed my lambs. Uh, okay. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter's like a little bit more confident this time. Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Huh? Like, Jesus, there's no sheep. Jesus, is just us. We just caught the fish. Do you mean the fish? Do you want me to go sell the fish? Because I'm all in for that, right? Like, Jesus, I got this part. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Hmm. Three times Jesus asked the same question. Three times Peter responds the same way. 
three times, curiosity has to be building up amongst the other disciples. Three times where, where, where Jesus is doing something to deliver a point to, to Peter at this moment. Tell me really quick. You guys are smart, right? We talked about it at the beginning. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Three times he had said, I don't know him. Three times he said, that's not my guy. Three times I've never been with him. All of a sudden, Jesus is fixing those wrongs. All of a sudden, those three denials are now, do you love me more than these? No, really, Peter, Peter, Peter. Like, I know what happened by the fire, right? You guys realize this, right? Peter was standing by a fire when he denied Jesus, right? Where's Peter at right now? He's standing by a fire where he's had breakfast with fish cooked. You guys see the similarities here? At this moment, Peter is forgiven. At this moment, he's forgiven. This is Jesus saying, hey, we're good. Peter, you're good, man. Listen, you got to let this stuff go. Peter, I want to know, are you going to take care of my sheep? And he's not talking about literal sheep. He's talking about the people of God. He's talking about how Jesus talked quite often in Scripture. He's talking about, hey, the people who will choose to follow me, my church. Peter, will you still be a part of this mission? Oh, I love this part. Verse number 18. Go to that next slide for me, Philip. I tell you the truth, when you were young... You were able to do what you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let them know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus says two of the most amazing words that he gives Peter a challenge to do. It's the same two words he tells you and I. He says, follow me. He brings them back in, guys. He invites them back into his mission. He invites them back in to say, hey, listen, like, listen, I know you messed up. I know you think this was the biggest thing you could have done, but I'm not done with you yet. I've got a mission for your life. Jesus picked up right where they had left off. And Jesus said, hey, come on, get back in here. I'm not done with you yet. Don't go back to fishing because fishing is not what I got for your life. You're going to play a crucial role in building my church. Peter, that same disciple, a little time later, after Jesus had left, he actually started writing letters to the church. And in one of his letters, he, he writes about how, what it looks like to really follow Jesus. What it looks like for for. Jesus' followers to really follow him. He says this in 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25. He says this, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. 
He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away. But now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. You see, Peter, he understood something. This encounter with Jesus, these three years and this specific encounter really got Peter on fire for Jesus. This showed him, hey, I messed up. I did what I thought was possibly the worst thing ever. But God's not done with me yet. Jesus, my buddy, he's not done with me yet. He's given me a mission. And you know what? Now I've got a purpose. And my purpose is this. I've got to tell everybody I come in contact with about this Jesus. I've got to tell everybody I come in contact with about how he can change their lives. How he went to the cross and he died for their sins. And he's taking it on. I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so I wonder what Peter was thinking about right before this. I, I absolutely love it. Here's the thing. Maybe you're dealing with this too. Maybe you're dealing with something where, where like, I don't know what it is, but it's this embarrassing thing that you don't want anybody to find out what's happening in your life. You don't want anybody to know, hey, you know, like, I've been hiding, I've been holding on to this one thing. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it very clearly. Jesus wants to forgive you for whatever that one thing is. Jesus wants you to know he has a purpose for you. Jesus wants you to know that, that, that he's got something that, that, that gives you another chance. And by his blood, you're given another chance. And for you, there might be something you need to step out and do. Three easy things if you need to receive that forgiveness that you can do. I'm not going to go crazy into these. I'm going to talk about this on Wednesday night if you're here. But here it is. The first thing you've got to do, guys, if you're looking for that forgiveness Jesus offers, is you need to admit your guilt. You need to admit, hey, I did it. I did it. I'm, I'm sorry. Kind of like me with that park ranger. I had that moment right there, that moment. I could stand up and I could be that guy and I could be, man, I ain't doing nothing wrong. Take me to jail. Or I can admit, you know what? You're right. I messed up. I'm sorry. You have authority over me. You know Jesus has authority over you. Jesus has authority over all of your life. And when you sin, you're rejecting his authority. The next thing you have to do after you admit guilt is you got to reject shame. You can't just stay shameful about these mistakes that you've made. That's not what God wants for you. That's not what Jesus wanted for Peter. He didn't want him just to sit here and just wonder every single time he saw Jesus. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Jesus, I messed up. Jesus, I, I'm a terrible person. Jesus, this and that. No, he wants you to realize you've been set free from this. Right? That takes me to the last and final point, to live in freedom. All right, don't go back to the mistakes that you've been making. Don't lean into those sins. Like I said, we're going to talk about this Wednesday night. But for some of you guys right now, you've got some sin in your life that you need to admit right now. 
you got some stuff you need to start saying, hey, God, I know you know. And so it's time for me to let this go. It's time for me to give it to you. And it's time for me to get some help. I need to go around. I need to ask one of my leaders. I need to ask one of my friends, hey, can you help me out with this? All of Peter's boys knew. They all knew what happened. And at this moment, they got to see Peter live in freedom because that's what Jesus had done for him. So today, remember, when you mess up, Jesus gives another chance. Like that, I want to pray for you. If you got something you want to talk about, I'd love to talk with you today. I'll be hanging out in here, and we'll see you on Wednesday night. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for a chance, Lord, to open your word, a chance for us, God, to see this story that is so true of even our lives right now. Lord, every single one of us messes up. Every single one of us has sinned against you. Every single one of us sometimes gets stuck in something that we're so embarrassed about that we don't want to confess it because, God, we we know you know, but, God, we're ashamed of it. And so that's where Satan wants to keep us. And so, Father, today I pray that, Lord, you convict our hearts, that, God, you show us that there is freedom found only in you. And so today, Lord, I pray that we will experience this freedom. I pray that, Lord, we will admit our guilt, that, Lord, we will reject the shame that comes with that. And, God, we will live, that, God, in that freedom that, Lord, you offer us. So today, God, teach us what it is to follow you. Teach us to live on mission for you. Teach us to live on purpose. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Let it not return void. God, you do what only you can do. And I pray this all in Jesus' name.